2: Uh Oh, uh oh, it's the beat check, folks. The beat check. Wednesday night, C3 Panthers podcast. The longest running Panthers podcast been around since 2013. Chopping it up every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. But guess what? It's Wednesday night where we put our ear to the street and try to find. Actually, we find a beat reporter. We cycle because we don't want to use too much of their time right so we cycle through every one of them we'd be begging them to come up here and we got nick carboni tonight folks we got nick he'd be in there asking the questions on the zoom i know i I, that's what i want to ask the most of is if i'm going to ask any beat reporter cody about the beat i want to know two things is is the zoom world sorry when it comes to reporting and two, we always ask about David Newton. We can't ask that one. We can't ask the David Newton question. We do. I'm asking it to Cody. I won't ask it to Nick. I'm here with my co-host Cody Lashney. How you doing, bro?
3: Tony Dunn. I'm doing wonderful, man. This is the C3 Beat Check where we check the beat with Panthers beat reporters bringing you the latest news and information on this team that we so love and we so cherish. Tony Dunn. We have our normal faithful crew in the building already. AJ Lindsay, Tim Stellings, Tim Estes, Muscle Marinara, The Real Zero Chill, my man Justin. Tony Dunn, it's Wednesday. Let's check the beat. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. We're here
2: with Nick Carboni, sports director for WCNZ, um, also affiliated with WFNZ. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for giving us a little time on your Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks guys. And, uh, yeah, luckily we're, we're, I don't know, half off of zoom now we get to actually go down there in person sometimes, but it's a, it's a weird, you know, I almost like it better on zoom because everybody has to raise their hand and get called on.
2: Oh, is yeah. there, is there like, what is the pecking order? Like, how do you guys do that? Like, is it like you're, I feel like you're on the stock market, stock market, the stock market.
3: You're from Boston.
2: Like hoping, hoping like, (laughs) please. And then they'll be like, oh, wait, oh, wait. How do you get your questions in? Do you just, well, I mean, uh, on
1: the zooms, I mean, if you raise your hand, they'll pretty much go it shows it to them in that order. So you can pretty much just go, but, uh, you know, in in like the best student in the house. Yeah. Yeah and in the interview room i mean it's you know it defers to like the writers and then i'm in the back with my i mean i got my tripod here and my camera i mean i shoot all that stuff myself so if i feel like i can yell one from the back i will and i usually get one or two in so uh, it's I, it's a pretty tame room compared to to other markets i'm sure
2: oh yeah i am sure about that we 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 hear the conference calls get a little bit uh more complicated as you hit the bigger markets, but, um, somebody saw, I saw this on Twitter today, Cody, is that, um, Matt rule was speaking fast and sweating. That's what they were talking about today. So, uh, the Panthers are coming off a loss. What was the score one more time? 21, 18,
1: 21,
2: 18, a heartbreaking loss. What's, um, What's the environment like been like, Nick, in this uh, after week five, uh, which my co-host always says this, is we learn about a team by week six. So we're kind of learning about this team. We've had two losses in a row. Um, I feel like fans have, have, have started to turn on people. People are starting to now question Sam Darnold. People are obviously questioning this offensive line. Is the hunt the honeymoon period is ending a little bit with Matt Rule? What's the temperature of the room, Nick?
1: Yeah, well, that's the other thing that's tough this year is we're still not in the locker room, and you can get such a like read on the vibe of the team when you're in there after games and even during the week um, after a loss like this, and and that's why a lot of the questions are geared to the guys like, hey, like literally, what's it what's it like in there? You know, what's the mood? Um, because it can't be good after that game. Uh, I know Hassan Hassan Reddick came out and he composed himself, but the defense had to be really frustrated with the way they played for, you know, 57 of 60 football minutes. And to keep handing the ball back to the offense and handing the game back to the offense and, and not seeing the offense take advantage in any point of the football game. So I think there's a lot of frustration there. Um, You know, I think the mood is is probably like feeling some hopefully feeling some urgency this week because this is a portion of the schedule that if you take care of business here, you could have a nice little record heading into the back half where we know it gets tougher. But hopefully you're kind of gaining that toughness and that more importantly, that winning mentality and that winning edge and, and knowing how to win these games leading up until that point. So you're better positioned and, you know, having a little little stumble here doesn't help you in that regard. So, you know, I, I think they're kind of at a crossroads. Um, I, I, like you guys said, I mean, you start to find out who your team is at this point, you start to, to even, even digging into the numbers, you know, when things start to kind of come back towards the mean of, you know, Mm -hmm. even some of the defensive numbers, although I do think it's a good defense, Um, You really start to balance out who you are at this point. So I I think there's got to be a heck of a lot of urgency. You just blew a game at home. You have a beatable team in town. A tougher team, I think, than the Eagles, although maybe you gave them some confidence. Um, But you've got to win. They were thumping
2: their chest after that game, bro. And and they came in, right? They came
1: in like, how did they have any confidence after what they've gone through? So uh, they got it right back here in Carolina. And, And if you're the Panthers, you can't let another team come in and do that.
3: Nick, uh, this one of these, uh, this past recent press conference with Matt Rule, I'll just say it to you the way many Panther fans took it. They took it as though Matt Rule was placing the majority of the blame on the defense for not stopping the Philadelphia Eagle comeback rather than their offense that played absolutely abysmally. A terrible performance from Sam Darnold, another terrible performance from this offensive line. Did did those comments from Matt Rule come off to you guys in the media like it did to fans? Because it really did kind of rub a lot of fans the wrong way after what many of us view as a pretty good defensive performance against Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's another above-average performance. You, you can only – you can only – stop a team so many times in a game before if they think that they can win that game, like they're yeah. going to break through. So I don't know, you know, that's tough. I would be more concerned with how the players took it. And we haven't heard any players say like, you know, what the hell coach. Uh But yeah. again, we're not in the locker room. We get, we get who they put out there in that, that podium and, and in the zoom room. So I think he definitely probably feels a lot better about his defense if if you asked him uh, point blank and and in a non media setting right now than he does about it it was his a
2: smoke screen, screen dude. That's yeah, a smoke screen.
1: I think he's trying to just, you know, not let things start to like get like that in the locker room where what's he gonna the come out and say at the offense, is he gonna so. come
2: out and say the offensive line is stinky? smells like a tur. Like I mean, like yeah, that, I, the I just think it's got to play better. Like he can't say those things. This is what I do: is I have three kids. My oldest, thirteen, boy, smart man. Like he's like the mo- he's more mature than his parents. You know, I'm, I'm the hardest on him. Right, my wife always says this. And she's like, stop being so hard on him, man. Like, like he, like, no wonder he don't want to talk to you. Well, this is the thing: the defense. We get to throw the defense under the bus in this game. And you, you shouldn't. And you know what? I just think he's coached with Phil Snow for 20 years or not, you know, 10 years. Basically, like he knows, yeah. he's like, Phil's like, oh, I'm not going to hurt this dude's feelings. And of course, Hassan Reddick at eight sacks knows he's not the problem. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, I feel like this was more about protecting the offense. I agree. And their I agree. kind of emotions yep. than it was about offending the defense let's talk about this offensive line which has been offensive um i tell you this is uh as a carolina panthers fan i'm used to seeing bad offensive lines the problem with this offensive line is there's not one problem though there's four problems and taylor moton is not the problem but putting him on the left side might not be the best answer either way um is the line fixable? Is it going to get better? Is it what it is and who who do we, should we be upset? I don't even know what to say about this thing. It's like worse than when Byron Bell was the left tackle.
1: I think that the line has the ability to play better than it has the last two weeks, but where that ceiling is, isn't very high.
2: <laughs> it's like one inch more. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, <laughs> obviously they were awful. Um you know, I guess they're going to get Pat Elfline and Cam Irving back, but we've seen them be completely lost. I mean, it doesn't, like I don't know if it was even worse than some of the things we've seen from those two guys this past week. Um, so they, they kind of just have to at this point. I mean, this is the line they rolled out there. This is the part of the roster where you go, Oh yeah, this is the first year of the new GM. Now they've gone out and gotten better guys probably you know, it, Matt rules kind of started at being, being asked to explain why they got those two guys in particular this off season. Uh, he was asked that today and, you know, he can say all he wants about how, what they saw in those guys, but you know, most people who watch football have seen those two guys in particular really struggle uh, yes. through the majority of their careers. So, uh, it's tough to watch. That's messed uh,
2: it, up when you say the majority, not even this year. <laughs> yeah. The majority, no, it, this of their is who career. they were. It's, true. it's yeah. true.
1: And, and uh, you know, Moten on the left side, like power to him for doing it. Um, it just still looks like he's so much more comfortable on the right side after 50 plus starts. They've talked about it like driving on the wrong side, you know, opposite side of the road in a different country. I mean, there's some truth to that because. You know, your drop, you're moving a different way. Like the reaction time gets slower because of all of that. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think they're going to want to do that again. And we'll see. It looks like Cam Irving is going to be back on the left side this week. So um, if, I mean, Scott Fitter said, you know, playoffs. I mean, he said that word, but not with the O-line playing like it has the last two weeks. That's not, that's for sure.
3: So we try and bring the fan perspective here at the C three podcast, and one of the things I find myself mentioning to every beat reporter that we interview is the name Deontay Brown. Um, at, at a time when this offensive line continues to look so bad, every time Matt Rule is asked about it, it's always about well, he's lost a good amount of weight and he's down and he's still competing to be you know in, in the starting job. Is there any kind of inclination that at any point this year the Panthers might be willing? to give him a start uh, at either of the guard spots, left guard, right guard, considering that both of those positions are struggling so mightily, at what point do they turn to the younger guys on the roster and start to lean heavy on Deontay Brown and even more Brady Christensen?
1: Yeah, I think it would definitely be Brady Christensen if if they start to lean on any of those young guys at all this year. I mean, it's a long season. Deontay Brown could progress to the point in their minds where – He deserves to be in the rotation, but I mean, the big leap for him through five weeks was being active last week. He wasn't ahead of that. I mean, you know, I got to think if they thought he could help them, he'd be out there. I just, for whatever reason, he is in the point in him being a project. And I know fans don't want to hear that because they get really excited about that guy and they should not just because of what he looks like, but how he played at Alabama, but for whatever reason, he hasn't progressed to the point in, him being their project that they want to put him out there in these situations. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I know people wanted to see Brady Christensen. They saw him. I'm not like, I don't think it blew me away. Like, I don't think it's always just like, yeah, they're going to be awesome. You know? And I I don't know. I mean, if they eventually play Deontay Brown and he's a road grader, then we can really start to ask the question. But I just, I feel like if, he was where they wanted him to be, he would at least be playing a little bit
2: with a hat. He yeah, even if it's hat not on full game, end.
1: even if it's not a full game, because that's obviously part of the problem is weight and conditioning. But what can he give you for 20 snaps, 15 snaps here and there? Um it takes away from the offensive line continuity, but maybe he's really good in one portion of the the game and not the other. The other part of it is the the versatility it looks like he is just a guard so maybe that has given them some pause of of elevating him to the active roster but um, he's a player I'm still excited to see eventually I just you know it doesn't sound like they think he's ready at all
2: yeah we we do this show um which we're going to we recorded right before this and we're going to drop right after this and it's called debate my take and we were debating about the worst team that you would want to play with, and I argued the Giants because of Dave Gettleman, and I was a big Giant, Giant Dave Gettleman fan. How about that? There's a pun, a play on <laughs> words when he was here. Until I wasn't a Dave Gettleman fan. Has it been fun covering Scott Fitter? Like, has it made it exciting? Because for Panther fans, like we're sit, we're we're sitting here trying to. We get a injury at a position. JC Horn goes down and we go, you know what? The customary Panther fan says this is can't wait till next year. It's going to be awesome. Uh, this GM, I feel like, man, he is, there's news every day. There's news every day. Has it been fun covering Scott Fitter? And what do you think about him? Yeah,
1: well, last week I, I tweeted that I didn't think Gilmore was, uh, coming to the Panthers and then I went to walk my dog and I came back to like a ratio because like, <laughs> they traded for him. Of course. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's like draft night could barely keep up with the guy. Um, you know, they have a need, they fill it. If they can, obviously we could talk all day about how they haven't done that uh, The position we just talked about on the offensive line. But what I really like about fitter is his pedigree and, and you know, the amount of work he put in for a decade in Seattle where they did that. So that was part of David Tepper hiring Scott Fitter. I got to believe was like, Hey, like we're gonna be aggressive. And he's kind of got that green light from David Tepper, just walking in the door. Uh, and, and I'm sure discussed in the interview and and we know what they did in Seattle. They, they built a heck of a defense. Um, they found a franchise quarterback in the third round. Um, you know, their offensive line, though, was never really all that good.
2: No, no, that, that, you know terrible. they got to the Super
1: Bowl with it, but you know it, that's been the issue there too. So that's like one of the things I'm like, oh yeah, but like I mean, I've got to believe somebody as smart as Scott Fitter seems, Scott Fitter seems knows that you need to have a stout offensive line to to get to where you want to go. So we'll see what happens with that. It's it's obviously in his first year, uh, not been made a humongous priority aside from the deal to Taylor Moten, but. I would really think next year um, that would be a massive priority in all phases of the offseason. It just sounds like they're going to roll these guys and, and hope that everybody else around them can, can live. What can
3: you do
2: wild. at this point? Right. I mean, really, yeah. no. really. at this point, at it's this just point. guys got to
1: play better. I mean, Pat Meyer is the all line coach and, and <laughs> they've been, even for some of these guys who we've talked about haven't had good careers, there's been moments where they've played worse than that, and that's to me is like unexpected, you know, unacceptable. I mean, they've played worse than, you know, the 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 whole reason to bring them in was like we see this, we see that, and we think we can coach to this, and, and it when it doesn't work, it yet. looks really bad, and it has a huge effect.
3: Nick, we uh, essentially we're trying to stop the hemorrhaging on our offensive line at this point, we brought up Austin Pleasance to the practice squad, uh, a a big time, a big time, six foot eight, 328 pound guy. But we also know that Scott Federer was in on calls of potentially trying to trade for more offensive line help. And just teams weren't willing to bite even for their backups. Do you think that the Panthers are still in contention to make another move to try and bring some help in on the offensive line? Or are they just going to stick to their guns and go, you know, for better or worse, we like these guys in free agency. We brought them in. We're going to roll with Irving and Elfland and just kind of continue this revolving door.
1: If the Panthers can overcome that and say those guys don't play to a level that's acceptable, but the Panthers are overcoming it and they're, they, they're winning and McCaffrey comes back and things are looking like, yes, this is still a playoff push of a team well, other teams are going to drop out of that race and maybe then they'll be willing to part ways with somebody. Maybe then before a trade deadline, Scott Fitter will be able to make that move finally with somebody and and maybe not get an all pro, but get somebody that can come in here and, you know, play to a, you know, serviceable, serviceable, serviceable plus level. Um, And we've, we've seen him make some shrewd deals. We've seen Samir Suleiman, the cap guy, be part of that. So, I certainly don't think that that phone is down. I mean, I've got film of Scott Fitter from our cameras on the sideline before the game on the phone. So like maybe he was talking to his kids. I don't know, but I think he is always going to be really active. And if he thinks that he can make a team better immediately when the goal is still playoffs and that's still in reach, I think he'll do it. So I think it could definitely happen. I mean, you know, I follow the trade deadline more, I guess, in other sports like baseball, and that's kind of like where you, you get to a point where you start to say, like, okay, who's the buyer? Who, who, who are buyers? Who are sellers? If the Panthers are still buyers, there's going to be some sellers out there, too.
2: We're hanging out with Nick Carboni, sports director for WCNC. Uh, Nick, uh, we brought in, or let's say this, is Matt Rule, Joe Brady, the this tandem Now, we're not going to go down the Joe Brady talk yet, but um, they brought in quarterback after quarterback, right? So they cut Cam Newton, um, pulls at the heartstrings of Carolina Panther fans that we all love Cam Newton. Like, you can't say bad things about Cam Newton around me, that type of thing. Um, But then we bring in Teddy Bridgewater. We automatically dislike Teddy Bridgewater because he's not Cam Newton. Signed to a three year deal with Marty Herney. Uh, The problem with the Teddy Bridgewater deal for me is not Teddy Bridgewater, but how long the deal was. And then we rip the band aid off. See you later. We bring in Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold threw, what are we, five games now. Um, I took a lot of heat, you know, uh, on this podcast, on the post game show after the Houston game. I was hard on Sam Darnold. And everybody's like, oh my God, you should be. The next coming, like they were all pumped about Sam Darnold. Two weeks later, everybody is turning on Sam Darnold. <laughs> he did have three interceptions. Look, he was he was a big part of the problem we lost. In this point, what do you think uh, about Sam Darnold and his connection to the rule legacy? Rule legacy is it is it a rule legacy at this point? Is Sam Darnold hitched to their wagon, or is Sam Darnold a a part that could work and could be cast aside.
1: I mean, if it doesn't work out, I don't necessarily think Rule is gone. He had a long contract with David Tepper, but I do think it's a hit for him.
2: Right. Legacy-wise, but with David
1: Tepper, like, hey, like,
2: this is two now. One more fail. Yeah.
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, you only have so many swings and misses uh, and chances to get this right. And I think, you know, bringing Sam in and kind of replacing – Teddy with Sam and working all that out. It gives them basically the same dollar figure for the next few years, but with a, probably a higher ceiling. The problem with Sam is like, when is he going to shake the bad habits? And we thought we saw it coming out of training camp, the first couple of games going through progressions, um, you know, finding the right receivers Hit a deep ball to Robbie Anderson in, in the first game. I mean, it looked like a completely different quarterback. Now, once he faced some real – I mean, and it, and it was excessive, the pressure last week. Right. And, and a lot of quarterbacks would have struggled somewhat. But I'd go back and look at some of the interceptions. That the first one he had out of the back of the end zone, I mean, he telegraphed that. Um, he's just made – some, and, and, and one of them in Dallas at least – uh, they're both great plays by Diggs, but one of them at least was a, a throw that Darnold completely shouldn't have made. He should have made a different throw. So you've seen him kind of regress to not processing um, and forcing. And that was his whole issue coming in. And And when is he going to be able to shake that? And, and will Wouldn't you worry if he is, right? he fans, can be awfully good.
2: Fans worry at everything and we are fans we're fanatics like that's our whole point we come up here and we 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 say this over and over we're not journalists we're just expert football fan. we're not even football experts we're just expert football fans we were that's our whole job is to freak out and fans oh, freak yeah. out about everything when when's the freak out point is it because i actually don't think i was hard on him after this game and look he sucked it was his worst game um I'm not ready to write it off. Like I don't actually still think there's a lot of potential with Sam Darnold going down the road. When is the time that we, should we be freaking out? I is mean, this a regression. Is it just a bad couple of weeks and a bad offensive line? Is he getting better? What should we think about him?
1: I mean, I think overall this year, he's been better than he has been in the past, but I this agree. last weekend makes you not stop good. and say, okay. Why are those old habits really coming back? I think he just, you know, he got hit in the mouth early. Um, He, that pressure really accumulated on him. Paired and we're with, passing the ball like crazy. More, you know, I've got to do a lot more to, to not even get him back in the game. And they were, they were leading, but to do. To, to,
2: <laughs> That's the to, problem. To cash in some points
1: uh on some of what the defense was doing. So, you know, I asked him today about, how does a quarterback overcome pressure? And he, his first sentence was, I still got to be aggressive. So, which I thought was interesting. Um, right. But then he talked about, you know, finding the leak out. McCaffrey hasn't been there. They traded Darnold, you know, is Tommy tremble, like a leak out, like safety valve tight end. Probably not right now. Um, so you, you've got to be able to mitigate the pressure a little bit, somewhat. You've got to be able to overcome that somewhat. The best quarterbacks in the NFL do it. But I also look at the pressure last week and say that was pretty darn excessive. Um, but I just, you can't make the mistakes that he made in the frequency that he made them. That absolutely caused a loss. I mean, the three picks and they were all, you know, just New York Jets, Sam Darnold picks.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and Nick, that has me wondering something that a lot of fans have been wondering, and I'm going to kind of tether these two questions together and just let you answer it however you'd like to. How long is the leash on Sam Darnold before they start exploring other options? And is it possible that one of those other options could still be Deshaun Watson? So I think that
1: if Sam Darnold has a poor year, like average, but mostly below average, they're gonna take a hard look. I I think they'll look around anyway, like where do they land in the draft? Like who's available, their cap space, they're healthy according to the Scott Fitter. So unless Sam Darnold gets back to what he was the first three weeks and carries that through 17 weeks, I think that's always going to be something they they look at, um, and with Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's it, to me, it's a timeline thing right now. His legal stuff doesn't resolve, um, you know, in any meaningful way, or and, and it could not resolve at all in, in terms of like whether he's going to play in the NFL again. But but just like legally, the timeline is after this year's Super Bowl, so there's really nothing you can do right now except you know plan maybe what your move would be if everything clears up somehow and he's available. I really don't think that that's going to happen. I thought they would have really been aggressive with that before all the the stuff hit in Houston. But I mean, I just, it's tough for me to see Carolina as a destination for him anymore, unless somehow some way things really clear up in a, in a criminal way. I mean, that's that yeah. they're at with that right now. Um, but in terms of going to get that next quarterback, like, unless Sam like really has, I'll say an above average year, let's see, has people talking like he did the first two or three weeks. I think that's always going to be something they're looking at. I mean, Matt Flynn was the starting quarterback in Seattle and, they picked some guy in the third round and all of a sudden all you hear is like, Oh, Hey, they're going to start that guy now. Well, what about Matt Flynn? He's got a big contract. Like, so to them, it doesn't matter. Whoever they can find. And they don't have a big contract with Sam.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't it's, have a big, it's contract. manageable, like
1: especially in that second, second year. And because of the, the, cap flexibility that, that they're going to have and the increased salary cap. So I, I would, you know, I know I said it like four times in this answer, but I really believe it. Like, unless he is like above average for the entire season, uh, you know, and, and that's what, what he shows he can be in the NFL, then they're going to at least try to bring somebody else in.
2: I think if he's the Sam Darnold for three weeks, one through three, um, we're we're feeling pretty comfortable with the price and the opportunity with him. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was tough. It was, look, I'm not turning my back on him yet. I haven't been a lover. I'm not in love with the dude yet. Like he's got to
0: prove yeah. a lot. I think to that's me, a good place there.
1: to be. I mean, he had a rating <laughs> of like 99 the first 3 weeks. That's, you know, slightly above average, I think. And uh, you know, We'll see if he can get back to that, or, or maybe do even better if he gets more comfortable and starts to like really eliminate some of these habits. And he needs the time to do it. I mean, I'm not giving him too many excuses. Yeah, I mean, that, we can't learn inter- one,
2: one week. Is this yeah. is like let's get through the season? We'll talk yeah. about that. But look, the Minnesota Vikings have been a problem for the Carolina Panthers for a while. Yeah, right. I mean, I think this was the game uh, Michael Orr when he got the concussion was against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, in 2016, yeah, um, we had the two block punts or the kicks against. The like they've just been a thorn and... in our side for a minute. Now, um, we're coming off of two losses. I really feel like the the Philly loss was one that we needed to win. Like I mean, it was a game. I just felt like should it was a winnable. Like it's like one of those you need to notch on the schedule. You're yeah. supposed to win that game. You don't. It's a big win for Philly, right? Like Philly, they came out thumping their chest. The Vikings come in to Carolina to Bank of America. And now I think they're last my my buddy just told me that they're favored now. Like by they a have, point.
1: Yeah, I've seen it swing a few times at this point. Right.
2: Is that originally I thought we were favored by a point. Now they're favored by a point. Uh they have a ton of sacks. They have more sacks than we do yep. on defense, but they've had a tough road themselves. Right. They've had some games that they could have won, maybe should have won against good competition. They've played some, one of the toughest schedules in the league. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, you don't, I mean, like, look, you can, they have an offensive firepower. They got Dalvin Cook. They got a lot of pieces here. How important is this game, Nick, for the Carolina Panthers and how tough is it?
1: Yeah. I, I think it's very important. Like I said, it's another home game against a team that, you know, if you're not favored, you're not, a dog by too much in this game. I mean, the, the line is right around one in either direction. It's another NFC team. That's going to be trying to get that wild card spot. I mean, these teams could be grouped together towards the end. I think it both be out who knows, <laughs> but that, you know, they are a defensive minded conservative called team uh, through Mike Zimmer and even through their offensive coordinator and Kubiak. They, you look at the, players they have on offense and you're wondering why they're not scoring 30 points a game. I mean, I think there's, their average is actually less than Carolina's they've played some good teams, but they played a Cleveland team that gave up 48 points to the chargers. They scored seven points against Cleveland. Uh, they played the lions who were the lions. They scored 19 points, a lot of conservative uh, offensive mindset and thinking in that building. They can ug up some games. They they can they can play the 18, 19 point games like Carolina just did and lost. Yeah. Defensively, it's like you talk about them being a thorn in your side, like looking at the roster again and be like, Really? Griffin? Hunter
2: right. Still and these guys got still? 97 sacks by yeah. like how. <laughs> I mean, those
1: guys are still there. Um Griffin is like all of a sudden he's like, Bam, he's back to his old self. Yeah. Anthony Barr is off back after a long injury. Um, So, you know, they've got some pieces on defense. I don't think they're necessarily a very, um, you know, dominant defense. But if Carolina's O-line plays the way it's played, especially last week against this defensive front, they're going to have the same issues across the board. And if McCaffrey doesn't play, it's going to compound it like it did last weekend. So, um, you know, they've, they've, they've definitely got the horses coming in here and the talent coming in here to, you know, humble Carolina yet again. So that's why it's important for Carolina to come out. You know, I thought the defense came out motivated last week. but yeah. hope the offense and the line comes out motivated after last week. Can they all put it together for four quarters against the Vikings? AJ,
2: Cup, booyaka, booyaka. booyaka yeah. Nick, great-
3: that, you actually mentioned a point that leads me into my next question. Are we indeed the Carolina Christian McCaffrey's Because I'm starting to kind of feel like maybe we are. My take going into the Philadelphia game was if we needed our running back to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, then our chances this year probably aren't very good anyway. For as good as Christian McCaffrey is with the kind of weapons that they have with DJ Moore and Terrence Marshall and Robbie Anderson. But seeing as how our offensive line is just so terrible in pass protection, it really does seem like they're kind of DOA when Christian McCaffrey isn't on the field. So I've heard that there's a 50% chance that he'll be able to play against Minnesota 50 that he won't. It's still up in the air right now. How much of our chances for success hinge upon Christian McCaffrey's availability this Sunday?
1: I think he's a player and you you hear about in other sports and I don't know how many, I don't know how often you really hear, if ever you hear it about a running back in football, he makes the team better. Just by being in there. Uh, he can make some of the plays our that are. Marshall Falk,
2: bro. Yeah.
1: And and, Marshall you know, fault. I Chuba had a nice game last week, but he's a runner. You know, they threw him a crossing pattern early and he dropped it. Uh, you know, he he got a little better with it, but Christian McCaffrey gives you two elements in one play. I mean, and it's also causing teams to You know, and they're not really blitzing like Philly didn't really blitz, but they're playing an extra guy at the line. They're playing, you know, five man bare front and can't do that with McCaffrey because you need somebody better to match up with him instead of just throwing like some poor linebacker on him. So it's, it's affecting the way teams defend the Panthers, which when your line is overloaded and it's playing like it is in general, it gets overwhelmed and The guy just has another gear. I mean, it's cliche to say it, but you guys have watched. You've seen. You've literally seen it. I mean, the guy can. You know.
2: He can make this offensive line that is offensive that is actually worse at run blocking look okay.
1: How
3: about he might be our best pass protector?
1: He's a great pass protector. Look at the Robbie Anderson touchdown
3: against the the Jets. The rudest thing
2: anybody's ever said.
3: (laughs) It's not wrong. Um,
2: I got this question for you, and it's kind of uh, this is for the hardcore Panther fans. I know it's easy to just want to fire people, right? Like, I mean, that's not the easy thing. It's almost like the Deontay Brown Brady Christensen thing. Like, it's just easy to say, "Put mm-hmm. these people in; it's going to work." Yeah. But man, at some point, man, maybe that is the answer. I don't know about firing coaches and who coach. Has anybody started to ask about these special teams? And is is Chase, like who's I guess under more fire, Pat Meyer, <laughs> um, or Ooh. uh, Chase Blackburn? And the reason I ask this is because we used to hear that what was the our old offensive line coach, Cody, Matt or whatever. Oh,
1: the the older gentleman, are you he's talking about Jet? Talking he's very with like everybody they love.
2: Matt's yeah. everybody used to be like Matt's yeah. goes the best offensive line coach in the history of the world. And I always thought this was the cutest thing that anybody said, because our offensive line always sucked. I was like, man, we got the best offensive line coach or the worst offensive line ever. My question to you uh, ultimately is the, the problems with the special teams have, have been, it's like to the point of us calling these timeouts in the, in the first half with Matt rule, like it's starting to get to the point, like it's just like, why we we ain't got enough people on the field, we got too many people on the field. Like at any point do we start to is anybody ready to ask the question to rule or Blackburn, what's going on here? And is is like who's to answer for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, all those uh, coaching coaches that fall on the sword—that happens when a season really turns for the worst. So hopefully, that, hopefully, it doesn't <laughs> get to that got, point. But got
2: to kill Blackburn. The, the, you know,
1: obviously, you know, early on the missed kicks were like glaring. But sure, that's not what, his fault. What also was happening was the the protection wasn't, and and I'm not saying all the missed kicks were on that, but the protection has kind of been a little leaky.
2: People have said it, it several they've times. They've had a field too. goal
1: blocked. Now you have a punt blocked that allows Philly to to take over inside the 30 and win the game. So there's a huge issue there. I mean, those guys were coached on that stunt that came up the middle and they couldn't handle it. Um, or or they just weren't ready for it. So yeah, that that's you know, you're definitely looking at those two coaches right now and and those are the glaring issues. So, those are the guys that are going to get brought up. Um, you know, I, I think there have been times where Chase Blackburn has done a nice job, but he is, remember, he's a holdover. I mean, he's Matt's right. only guy. Yeah, he re
2: interviewed, though. He made it yeah. through the interview process. Yeah, oh, I, I think,
1: think Rule certainly liked him as a young, kind of up and coming new coordinator. Um, but you know, if, if things continue this way with special teams, yeah, there's going to be change. Somebody's got to fall
2: yep. on the sword. Yeah. Cody, we've taken a ton of next time up. So you get, you get the final question.
3: Yeah. Well, I sort of alluded to it before we went live. I'm really interested, um, in what your idea of some key matchups, uh, in this game against Minnesota is I mentioned earlier when we were talking about, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, all these weapons that Minnesota has in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. And is our defense going to be able to, uh, you know, put up a performance similar to the first three weeks rather than what they did against Dallas and the end of the game? against Philly, will this Carolina defense be able to stem the Vikings' push?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, next to Dallas, the toughest receiving core they've faced so far. It's going to be the toughest receiving core they've faced for at least a few more weeks. Um, Dante Jackson's played really well this year. Uh, You'd love to have J.C. Horn. You'd love to have Stefan Gilmore <laughs> ready mm. for this game, but that's just not the case. I think A.J. Boye is a tough player. Uh, he's going to play in that slot. Uh, We'll see what his kind of assignments are and and who he's matched up on. So I, I like, I like the guys that they have. I wish I would feel a little bit better about CJ Henderson coming into this game. I mean, he's kind of coming along a little bit and he's, he's had some nice plays. He's gotten beat on other plays and these are guys that can beat you. I mean, Kirk cousins will find these guys all day and they all have a, a catch percentage of like 70 to 75%. Um, you know, Jefferson and Phelan both score a lot. I think it looks like, you know, Phelan's got four touchdowns. Jefferson's got three. I think these guys find the end zone. And, uh, you know, their tight end is pretty good, too. It's uh, Tyler Conklin. I mean, he catch, catches just about everything his way, and he can chew up some yards, too. And they had trouble with that against the Cowboys, at least. I don't know if it's, like, a, a huge issue at this point. But um, those are guys that they're going to be good no matter who they face. Uh, so Dante Jackson and, and Boyer and even Henderson are gonna have to step up their game. And then running back, I mean, Cook has missed some time, he had one really big game. Um, but Madison has been, uh, he's been pretty good. You gotta watch both of them
2: fumbled though, yeah. Recently. And Madison does a little Which more in the a- past
1: game too. I mean, he's he's got some catches and he's caught just about everything his way, so. Um, they've
2: had some bad luck in Minnesota. Well, the
1: the the one thing that Minnesota hasn't done and is a source of frustration for their fans. So don't worry, other fan bases are frustrated too. Right. Uh, one thing that they've done is they've run a lot on passing downs, which is like their fans are like, dude, like we got all these guys, like what? <laughs> Why are you not? Uh, I, I know they didn't practice, but we'll see. <laughs> I know. I see that. We'll we'll see about those guys. They might. I we'll See if they don't play. I'm not there yet at this point on a Wednesday. Like I'm I'm putting them in. So we'll see. I,
2: lied. I have one more question. Okay. No problem. And my question is this is if you could ask not one question, but like if you could write what's one storyline if you didn't have like any limitations, and I don't mm-hmm. it don't need to be a hot take or something like, but we have to write to interest sometimes, you know, is like uh we need to be talking about this offensive line, we gotta cover this story like if you could what's on your mind about the Carolina Panthers like from somebody that's not that that not just the fan like what should we be asking what's the story Man.
1: I mean I think the biggest question I have it's not it's not an unheard of question like it's it's Sam Darnold and what is he going to be can he get over the bad habits that have plagued him. It's not necessarily like, listen, I can ask that all day in a press conference, but it's like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this. And like, we're going to find out over the course of 17 games whether he is able to overcome the bad habits that have plagued him throughout his professional career, even a little bit of his, his college He's so
2: career. young. Yeah, He's and so he young. is young because
1: I think if he can – do that man he is going to be a good player for this team but is he the
2: carolina panthers quarterback in 2023 23 right because next year we get him for fr- not free yeah. but like you know what i mean we get right like next yeah year. certainly we have next this year, year even next if they bring year.
1: somebody else in you're probably at right. least looking at him is as the he the
2: quarterback starter. in 2023
1: i'm not convinced of that okay you know i mean we've got five games he played really well and really well in two of them. Okay, in yep. one of them,
2: bad, right below average to yeah. poor
1: in the other two. So I'm not there yet. So I know it's not like a an unheard of question, but to me, that's just like where it all sits. And if it doesn't work, that's when the heat goes up on Matt Rule. Mm. And you know, Scott Fitter found, and and John Schneider in Seattle, and man, they found their guy in round three. But like, you know how hard that is to do.
2: Yeah, so that doesn't happen. And this and happened misses. twice. We swings got Russell and Wilson. Are, we got Tom Brady. Up. Like we had to yeah. get miss me with these answers yeah. about Tom Brady and this and that. Of course, it happens yeah. every now and then. But so does a blind squirrel finds a nut every now yeah. and then too. But swings and, and misses are going to add up. Been fantastic. Um, I yeah, actually thank you guys think, for having me. I think Sam Darnold is the quarterback in 2023. That would be and great. I don't even fact like that
0: <laughs> I don't even
2: really love oh, him. God. I'm. I have like media. Like he's my new DeLome. Like I can't yeah, wait. For I mean him that's
1: to you know if be I, better than if he's you, still to be. you still have a McCaffrey and you still have some of these weapons and you still have a good defense, like that can work.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I kind he's, of he's feel, feel like better. The jury is still out. Like we just haven't seen enough, right? Yeah, we've seen like we ju- we just seen easily his worst performance as a Carolina Panther, and, and now he has to respond and. Really, do franchise quarterback type things and behind a very offensive line, a very bad offensive line, too. That's offensive. Should, yeah, we should note that. Uh, I That's mean, he, he doesn't have an easy task in front of him, rejuvenating his career. We thought the weapons would be able to help, yeah. but this offensive line has been a real hindrance in his progression. I think we'll see uh,
1: more I think we'll see more good Sam Darnold this year. The question is how much of the bad will we see? We also need him yeah. to uh
2: kind of just prove everybody mm-hmm. wrong. And this is why I would like um is like is he's had some opportunities. Christian McCaffrey goes down. Uh we don't have Christian McCaffrey. Like he needs to assert himself behind a bad offensive line. Like that's what it's gonna take. Is like it's gonna be you gotta like, elevate him, elevate your play a little bit. this shit like i don't want to hear no more christian mccaffrey i don't want to hear no more bad offensive i want to hear sam Darnold did this crap and got it done yeah Yeah, exactly all right fantastic stuff thank you so much for joining the beach absolutely Carboni. tell them how they can find your work and follow you on social Uh, media i'm
1: on twitter at nick carboni wcnc and uh you can always find me after sunday night football talking panthers so we're on we do a whole bunch so
2: Fantastic! Thank you, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. We I know we we milked it. We milked it. No, it's it all good, man. It was did. fun.
1: Thank you guys for having me.
2: Um, thank you so much. All right, we're gonna hang out here and close this up. Uh, Nick, um, again, check out the C three Panthers podcast, the longest running one. If you want to hear what the fans are talking about, you need to listen to us.
3: <laughs> I will. <Definitely. laughs> thank all right. you, Nick.
2: Thank y'all. Yeah, man. All right, uh, Cody, we've had a fun night tonight. I beat your ass. In the debates no you didn't yeah totally, no, didn't. Uh, totally. um no that's fun with nick uh very insightful great information looking, looking tight as a mug with the tie on
3: hey, hey he's, he's know? official man know. he's like, he, he's like
2: i gotta go around. on tv in two seconds looking great Knows this stuff. Ask good questions too, when it comes to uh, the because uh, I always try to record in my mind who's asking the good questions in yeah. the press conferences. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of good insight there. Um, and I, you know, Sam Darnold is the question, right? Like, there's only two questions with the Carolina Panthers. There's only two quarterback it's like, and a lot. Yeah, like there's no. way back question. in the line. That's
3: 100. It. It. And we're still and it's wondering all, about Sam.
2: It's so ridiculous because I I feel like our content gets redundant. You know.
3: Yeah, but, but at I the same mean, time, like the if you like, redundant. what else
2: is there? The fucking ass. No,
3: it's not our problem that we get yeah. redundant if the Panthers are redundant. I mean, listen, I redundant like I'm always
2: failures. I feel yeah, like
3: yeah. I'm always apologizing for. I'm always bringing up. Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen. Deontay Brown and Brady I know. Christensen. I know I'm like a broken fucking record over here, but it is what it is, man. And I, I think it's... um, uh, uh, Listen, I think that we've seen enough to know that Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, I believe, have some really outdated principles that they adhere to when it comes to playing younger players. No. Okay, listen, I was listening How to that interview... How are you going to say that
2: after Ron, 100% about the Ron Rivera era?
3: Well, I thought that it would be out the window of Ron Rivera, but what ended up happening we are, is that we're, better. we're still doing the same things, Tony. We're not playing younger players. And we're playing 2 by
2: Cameron Artis Payne was the greatest but, but running, running back, back in the history of the world under Matthew. Running back
3: is not our biggest position of need right now. What did we both just say it is? It's offensive line. And what was Ron Rivera's calling card? He would never play. The younger players, and instead he would stubbornly go with the veterans that weren't producing up to task. Hmm, I wonder if that sounds familiar in any way at all. Oh, yeah, he's still gonna chart out Cam Irving and Pat Elfling on the left side of that offensive line, and we're still gonna stink. And we already know that this is going to happen. So, and then on top of that, Tony, today, um, you know, uh, we go back and forth debating in our Panthers creator chat. And I, I went and I, I, no, I listened no, to our interview. Right, with, like, um, I, li- I went and listened to our interview with Joe Person. And Joe Person, he really doubled down on that part where he said, you know, they're really um uh, picky about their measurements at certain positions. And if right, you're... And he
2: length. said that on the beat
3: check on this... Surely. On this very show. So yeah. the, like, the the fact that Brady Christensen, that they would be willing to take one of their better right tackles in the NFL, put him at left tackle where he hasn't been. You don't obviously see him there in the future. And they would be willing to put Brady Christensen at right tackle just because they think his arms are too short. How about this, Tony Dunn? Rashawn Slater, through five weeks of the NFL is the best left tackle in football. He has shut down Chase Young. He has shut down uh, Miles Garrett. He shuts down everyone. And this is not an indictment on J.C. Horn. I think J.C. Horn's going to be an incredible football player, Tony. But the fact of the matter is these outdated principles are stopping us from playing our younger players and it's causing us to pass on players that could otherwise be helping us right now. That's very concerning to me, Tony. How are these out there
2: principles? Aren't these like in many ways like forward-thinking principles?
3: No. How aren't they
2: the analytic uh, the analytics? The this and that. So what they're trying to say is this, these other guys would say, Oh, I think Rashawn Slater's gonna be awesome. Why? Because my gut tells me my my just eyeball test tells me, and then they're trying to give you Measurements and statistical data, right? They're trying to play the next level. So we we were told that this is about analytics, this is about this and that. So you can't all of a sudden love analytics, you can't love progress and then hate progress when you see it.
3: But it's not based on analytics. Arm blank has nothing to do with analytics, it has literally it, to it do does. With, then why do we measure nothing? it has it. nothing to do with the success rate? Of whether or not someone's got to have some, got to have
2: one factor. It might not be the greatest factor, but it, it has it, to be it, a yeah. factor. It That's like saying the in, forty time doesn't matter. But it's well, not yeah, the it's not all all all
3: end all that causes you to pass on that player if their film is otherwise showing you that they can do everything that you want them to do. Move up to the second level and block. They have a good kick set. They're agile. They're not vulnerable to a speed rush, the bull rush. All of these things Rashawn Slater was able to show on film, and yet it seems as though this one measurement thing, when it comes to his arms, is what caused him to pass on them. That's nothing to do with analytical data based on what Rashawn no, Slater But maybe that's what they're using on the football, maybe. Brown
2: back. Maybe they're using that. I don't know what they are. I look, is um, I'm trying to disagree with you for the sake of conversation that sometimes. I can't. want to put somebody, somebody uh, a ja job rule put this up, earlier in the chat, obviously they see something we don't, or something to that effect. And you know Maybe. what? Uh, we we want to believe that. I do. I like. I mean, like, yeah, we're not at the practices. We're not this and that. But first of all, these bitches barely practice. I'm telling y'all folks. So what in the two hours more that they saw them than we saw them? That's one thing. But the other thing is this: is I used to people been telling me about these experts about these GMs that know all this shit and this and that I'm like turns out we give way too much credit to people in positions of power and it's not just in the NFL it's not just head coaches and GMs but these guys yes do they know more than us do they know yeah a lot of them do sometimes but, right but sometimes we just say they do Like, it's like saying this is, well, just because you're the president of the United States, you know more about this. Actually, no, you don't know shit about foreign policy with with Afghanistan. Turns out, no, we both know nothing. I don't know more than you. We just both know nothing.
3: But Tony, remember after the Panthers released their videos that were like showing behind the scenes of their process and I'm like, oh, that looks like everything that i've been doing for the past oh oh and oh
2: what about when they had the draft board and they'd be like and they would pull people together and they'd be like well what do you think and it was like like, wait a second what do you mean what do you think there's five of us just sitting around circle jerking saying what do we think nobody pulled out no analytics nobody pulled in the specific it was just like yeah it turned out to be just uh people in suits doing what we do on YouTube. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, man. And, and listen, it, it 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 seems like a like an arrogant uh, take to think that oh yeah, I'm a fan, I could do that, job. right? I right. Go in and step in and do it. But you know what? Sometimes some people fucking could do it. And you know what? Uh, or you the people that are big-headed. doing it shouldn't be and doing hey, it. I have a big fucking head, Tony. Dunn. you? Don't have to tell me that. I know that. But they you know do. what? I believe in myself enough. I really do think that if I could get a job as a GM, I think I could do a good fucking job, man. How and about I this?
2: Think- is you couldn't be worse than there's like four or five GMs out there that I believe you wouldn't be worse than.
3: Oh, dude! I how be about that? Like, I'm not saying GM. all of a sudden
2: you might revolutionize GMing. Like, if you, how about this? Is put me out there. I could fix and as the tackle, GM or the right. coach. Would I be the worst coach ever? That was. And I don't even know if I would be.
3: Probably not the worst. I mean, it might be You know what? Check my
2: emails, motherfucker. I won't be resigning. You know what? You have to carry me out of here because I suck, not because my emails suck.
3: And hey, Sideshow Rob thinks I'd be better than Marty Herring, so... Appreciate you, Rob. We all know that. That's not, not at first tackle, pick, but
2: like, better ever than that. All right. I'd be better at um, first
3: picks, too. I'd fix left tackle. That's for fucking fucking sure, man. You
2: would have gotten Justin Herbert.
3: I, I'd have got you would have gotten
2: Herbert. Justin Herbert
3: Cody no, last would have gotten
2: would have gotten he would have boom. This mug right here, all over it.
0: Yeah, all man. Over it. Buy-
2: Slater, all over it. So nah, actually, you know what? I ain't even gonna hate on you in that. I roll with you, bro. I roll with you. I appreciate you. you I got you back. I got you back. The end of the earth, um, man.
3: C three. We're gonna be GMing this shit one day.
2: We are. We GM in this YouTube joint. Um, we didn't ask Nick about Joe Brady. Like that's the only thing I think that we didn't cover. Nah, I mean, you know, because we're we are exhaustive on the C three Panthers podcast. Check out our show last night, the Tuesday night flagship show. <laughs> Where like the there's like the 70 corner. callers and yeah, man, like man, like dude, like we were we're covering every like these mugs. I feel like people need to be calling us up for the beat check. Like, what's going on? Oh, we only had 70 callers or whatever it felt like for four hours. I mean, we'd be ripping these streets up. We would turn every no stone goes unturned. The no Brady call mugs,
3: goes unanswered on the c3 podcast
2: amen we feel we every patron is served um how about this is uh that's it debate my i don't have anything else to talk about i mean i have plenty to talk about but we gotta save a little for like thursday friday saturday sunday because we'd be on the streets doing the thing and uh so we did last night we had the c3 podcast yeah i mean, yeah. No, never mind. I mean we're just working sometimes. girls we working girls i mean we get getting john Green sending emails about us to everybody on the internet oh no
3: what do you call me some damn cripple who talks too much <laughs>
2: yeah, he was like he i was am, just want to, to see your tits uh thanks triple j for Ooh, the five dollar love bomb salute fellows hire cody for gm hell we would at least have Justin Herbert. He's right. It's I'm true. You, you man. were beating the table about it, man. So nah, you've been right on a lot. So I got your back on this, Thanks but I you, don't man. have your back uh, when it comes to debates, because we filmed this show each and every week. Now we're dropping it. I think it might be my new favorite joint debate. My take, I'm about to upload it right after this. So I'll premiere at about 10 45, 11 o'clock. guys can check that out. Where we debate a bunch of topics, ranging from uh, the best Quentin Tarantino video, was our final one. Best Quentin but
3: Tarantino movie. Yeah. Video. I, I said one. video.
2: I'm like, all up on this YouTube. It's joke.
3: 2001, um, old man. No one uses VHS. And, uh,
2: who's got the best commercials? My kid goes, they're ads. They're ads. Uh, what, el- uh, what else <laughs> we hit up in this? We hit up, um, what were other topics?
3: Uh, if you were drafted into the NFL, what place would you least want to go to?
2: Oh, yeah. What uh, t- would be the worst team to yeah, go to? Uh,
3: uh, we also, uh, Tony and I gave our own opinions on how to fix the offensive line and whether Whoa. or not that's even possible. It was even
2: possible. Yeah. Can I elite, that one. I can that an one.
3: elite quarterback overcome terrible offensive line play? offensive offensive line play can a, can a good quarterback offensive. overcome it hey man listen we're having fun with these debate shows uh you know it gives me and tony an opportunity to be silly boys like we are and you gotta uh, message
2: yeah. us you gotta message us. So hit us, us with know, the man. hashtag c3 debates i think this is the new we've been trying to figure out where this show is going this like segment or bonus whatever you want to call it I think we're already on the right uh, track right here is that we're letting you pick the debates. So, three out of five of the topics tonight were picked by our friends on the internet. All you got to do is hit us up on Twitter, hashtag C3debates. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Where can they find you at, Cody?
3: At Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C. You can find my written work on drafttech.com where I am the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Yeah, man, come holler at your boy. And then the Friday free-for-all, before I forget, how could I forget? My man Justin uh, reminded me here. Every Friday at 7 p.m., you, yes, you, whoever you are, wherever you are, listening or watching, however you may be, intaking the C3 Panthers podcast, you can come on Fridays and tell me just how good of a GM you think I'd be, man. Or come tell me that I'm that I'd be terrible at it and uh, you know, I'm just a cheap discount Jon Snow. You can tell me that too. It's okay, man. The Friday free for all is all for you. Fridays at seven PM. Uh and then yeah, tonight you're gonna see me mop the floor with Tony Dunn as I knock away all of his meaningless debate takes that he tried to hawk at me. So
2: Sorry, we're one and one, folks. Right now, I won, uh, according to the fans, I won week one. I'm giving you, it was really a tie last week, but I'll give it to you. So we're one and one. Today, Tony pulls ahead and go and look at these old uh, C3 draft parties, which are dope as fuck. And I've never been happy with any pick. I don't think there's one pick that I was in love with.
3: The first time I ever came on the show was the night that the Panthers drafted DJ Moore.
2: Uh, That might have been one I was just okay with. I've been mad about Vernon Butler. I've been mad about Shaq Thompson. Not mad, but like, ugh. Kelvin Benjamin was the worst. Go back and watch my reaction to that. I wanted Allen Robinson. And guess who would have been right? This homie. And I don't even know who I'm talking about. Anyway, they are fun. Um... But anyway, uh, we had a good time tonight, and we be owning these streets, bro. We're doing, doing a good man. job. We've been putting up a lot of content lately, and it's because of the response that we've been getting in the chat. It's the responses and views. Uh, you guys have spent a lot of time with us. Thank, big shout out to Nick Carboni tonight for his time. Thank you, each and every one of you in the chat room. Yes, for the people that donate money, we never ask for it, but.
3: It's always appreciated. Always. It's never not appreciated.
2: What we do ask for is for you to smash the thumbs up button, share the show, and tell one friend about it. I told a guy, a guy saw me at the bar a couple weeks ago. His name was Travis. Um, Like, we've known this cat for a long time. You know, just uh, interacting with people, you know, not knowing. Like, we don't, like, hang out and a lot of stuff. But, you know, we've seen each other. We know each other's name. But he saw me wearing my, my... my shirt my hat panthers hat he's like man i love gear and i was like dude this is my podcast right here you need to check it out he subscribed a few weeks later he's like dude listen to it all the time so that's what we just need it's just like one person nice. one one thumbs up one subscriber at a time what are we trying to do are we doing this for us are we asking for money not at all because this we do it is, for this the is fans. Just, i just do it because i love hanging out with y'all fools yeah, I man. love talking Panthers footballing like this. This is like the coolest thing I can do. And like, hey, uh,
3: your boys are on the road to 3,000 subscribers, man. Help we're us close, get there. Bro. We've been Be a friend. Tell a friend. We got like friend. 200
2: in the last three weeks.
3: Be a friend. Tell a friend. We're trying to grow Panther Nation. Amen. We do this year-round, y'all. Year-round. Year-round. We're always here for you. We're always putting what out killer content. Pounding. We keep pounding. We never stop pounding. We all always right, get, keep pounding. Let's get out And of here. Until, uh, t- so tomorrow, until be on tomorrow the lookout. Or, no, uh, so yeah, Friday. tomorrow, yeah, no. tomorrow we're gonna put out the, um, uh, the Madden simulation with the Vikings. Uh, Friday, free for all, Friday at 7pm. And tonight, uh, check out C3 Debate My Take. And I wash Tony's mouth out with soap for Mama Don.